right? And we're going to be in several places. Uh, this is Bible study, right? Amen. And so we're going to use our Bibles. First Thessalonians chapter four is where we're going to start at. And uh, sure did enjoy going through the month of February and teaching on the subject of missions and uh, highlighting that subject and and kind of looking at the different aspects of it. And of course, we will here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we will um, uh, hand out our uh, faith promise uh, missions giving uh, commitments. And uh, Lord willing, we can uh, have some more uh, missions giving come in so we can support some more missionaries. Amen. And uh, we'll see how that comes together. But uh, we're getting back to uh, our our uh, midweek Bible study on our responsibilities as Christians to one another. And again, if you go through the scripture and you look up that phrase, one another, you'll find out that we as Christians have a lot of responsibility to one another. And uh, you know why, folks? Because we're a family. Amen? Yep. We're part of the family of God. And uh, of course, uh, God has set in His Word uh, how that family ought to run. And so we are going through looking at some different things. Uh, last time we preached on this would have been uh, in the uh, in January. And it's crazy to think that we're already in the month of March, right? <laughs> My goodness. It's first two months gone already in the rear view. Uh, but uh, uh, when we, uh, the last time we taught, uh, we taught for, uh, on, on this responsibility to care one for another. And we looked at different uh, verses about that. Well, tonight we're going to uh, stick with another C word, and that is this, to comfort one another, to comfort one another. So if you find your place, stand with me together. I'm going to read a very familiar passage of Scripture. I love reading this passage of Scripture. Uh, I read it a lot. I think about it a lot. And uh, this passage of Scripture is probably on my mind at, at some point every single day. Uh, but, of course, uh, when I preach funerals and do graveside services, I, I use this passage of Scripture there. Why? Because of what we're going to read in verse 18 in just a second. Amen? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and uh, let's uh, begin reading, uh, let's see here, uh, at verse 13. Verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. The Bible says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And here it is, verse 18, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to be here in your house, around your people. And Lord, I pray you'd bless us now for a few moments as we open your word. God, please speak to us. Holy Spirit, uh, enlighten us. Open our minds and hearts of understanding. And Lord, may we uh, learn something from your word tonight. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Of course, uh, this is the very famous passage of Scripture uh, that tells us about the event soon to happen. Amen? And that's the event that I pray every single Christian is, is anticipating, looking forward to, and that is the rapture of the church. Now, I'm not going to preach on that whole subject tonight, although I could. Amen? I love preaching about it. And uh, But uh, we are going to look at it for just a few moments because it's part of the direction we're going uh, when we look at this thing about comforting one another. Now, if you understand the background here, the church of Thessalonica, Paul was writing to... Uh, 
you know, they had already thought that uh, the, uh, the the second advent had already happened. They already thought that uh, Jesus had already come. They were a little confused in their doctrine, a little confused in their belief system. And uh, the Apostle Paul, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, came and uh, gave them some things that would help them. Amen. By the way, aren't you glad God gives us His Word when we need help? Amen. I don't know about you all, folks, but man, sometimes life gets topsy-turvy. There's certain things that some sometimes philosophies... Sometimes different uh, things of the day that people say that, that if we're not careful will allow us to permeate down in our thinking. And we need a source we can go to to set us straight. Amen. Amen. Praise God we have one. It's called your King James Bible. And so stick with it. Love it. Stay in it. Read it. Study it. Make it part of your life. But so the church of Thessalonica here were a little confused. And that's why Paul says to them, But I would have not you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. When he's talking about asleep, he's not talking about some of you right now. No, I'm just kidding. All right, amen. I'm feeling it tonight too, amen. Uh, no, he's talking about those that uh, had already passed away, those that are already uh, um, had died. And by the way, I love when God describes the death of one of his children. You know how he describes it? He describes it as them just going to sleep, amen. You know why that is? Because the Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious. You know why it's precious? Because God gets to uh, be reunited with the saints. Amen? I mean, again, folks, man, there's so many different directions I can go, but I'm sticking with where we're going. Amen? That ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. By the way, let me tell you something, folks. The way a Christian sorrows is different than the world sorrows. It's different. Amen? You know why? Because we have hope. That's why. Titus 2.14, it's called our blessed hope. Amen? And what is that blessed hope? The glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. And so we don't sorrow as others which have no hope. Why? Verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, you know what that's called? The gospel. Amen? The gospel. Even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain of the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. All right, again, he's, he's explaining the events of the rapture. By the way, you're not going to find that word rapture in your Bible, but you do find the, uh, the, 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 uh, the doctrine of the rapture in your Bible. That word rapture, uh, comes, uh, from, uh, a, actually a Latin word, rapturo, all right, which basically means what we see right here, uh, when it talks about caught up. Alright, that's kind of uh, where it comes from, is from that word. And, and, and that again, that word isn't even necessarily a Greek word, the way it is here in the Scripture, but it was a word from which we get the word rapture from. And what it's talking about is the great caught, catching up, amen? The great catching up of the bride of Christ. Verse 16, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And that's the order of events. Amen. Whenever God gives the signal, and whenever He says it's time for the bride to come home to the bridegroom, Amen. And uh, here's what's going to happen, the Bible says. The first thing that's going to happen is Jesus Christ Himself. Amen. He's not sending an angel to do this, folks. He's He Himself. Now, by the way, the, the rapture is different than the second coming. Here, Jesus doesn't come to the earth. The Bible just says that He he comes to the clouds. All right, He descends from heaven. And here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a shout. 
and the voice of the archangel is going to shout, and the trump of God is going to sound. Amen? And so there's going to be a shout. Now, the Bible doesn't say exactly what that is in this passage, but I believe if you go to Revelation chapter 4, which you see, a, a which is a, a picture of the rapture, and uh, here's what it says to John, Come up hither. Amen? And I believe that's what's going to be shouted. Come up hither. Amen? And that trumpet's going to uh, sound. And here's what's going to happen. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, folks, listen, that doesn't mean that our, our lost, our, I'm sorry, our, our, our passed away loved ones that are saved, it doesn't mean that they are in the grave. only thing that's in the grave is their body. Okay, but what's going to happen is God is going to, their souls are safe with the Lord right now. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So that means right now, uh, those that have passed away are, are in heaven, safe with, safe with the Lord, but God is going to reunite their earthly bodies with where they're at in heaven, and that's where the glorified body's coming. Amen? Those folks in heaven right now, they have a body, but it's not the glorified body. We're getting that at the rapture. Amen? By the way, uh, the Bible says that when Jesus resurrected, He they uses this term, He was the first fruits. Now, if you understand the Jewish harvest, it was in three parts. The first fruits was the first part of the harvest in, 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 in the early in the early part of the harvest. Then you had the main harvest, and uh, then you had what was called the gleanings. Jesus, at his resurrection, was the first fruit, first fruits. We, as the church, at the rapture, will be the main harvest. Amen. And then those uh, during the tribulation that get saved will then be the gleanings. And so that main harvest, the rapture is going to happen, and the the uh, the, Lord, the archangel is going to shout, the trumpet's going to sound, then the dead in Christ shall rise, then with which we are alive and remain. That's whoever's still alive during the rapture will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord where in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now I just gave you a lot of. Here's the Bible, or, or here, here's what it's called, eschatology, amen? That's just a study of end-time events. I just gave you a lot of eschatology in about five minutes. Now, why did I do that? Why did I take the time to do that? Because of verse 18. Wherefore, say it with me, you ready? Comfort one another with these words. Hey, this doctrine right here, the doctrine of the rapture, you know what it's supposed to be, folks? Comfort, amen? It's supposed to be a comfort to us. You know why? Because I'm going to tell you why. When, when you, we use a Christian or in this world, dealing with the things of this world, the things of this life, you know what we need? We need some comfort, amen? We need to understand that this life isn't all there is. Hey, by the way, these burdens that we carry, these heartaches that we have, they're not going to last forever, amen? There's comfort when it comes to those things. Now, here's the thing. As Christians, God then wants us to take the comfort that we get from Him and pass it to others. Let me show you a couple things here. Go to Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. We're going to be going through our Bibles a little bit tonight, looking at some different passages. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Let me show you what the Bible has to say about this. Notice what he says here. I'm going to show you here some sources of comfort that we receive. And here's the thing. Once we receive the comfort, then guess what we get to do, folks? We in turn then get to give the comfort. Amen? Because how can we comfort one another if we don't have a source of receiving it? That's what I'm going to show you here, the first couple of verses. Acts 9.31, notice what it says. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, notice this, and were edified, and were walking, how? In the fear of the Lord, notice this, and in the comfort of what? 
the Holy Ghost, amen, were multiplied. Here's, here, here's, here's a pattern of how the church grows, how God works in the churches. And again, what you see is the reason the churches had rest is because it, Paul here is, is coming to them and helping them and was able to come and be a blessing to the churches. And because of that, he held the, he, he helped the churches. And not only was the, the presence of Paul there uh, giving them help and, and edification, as the Bible says, they were walking in the fear of the Lord. And what else were they walking in? The comfort of the Holy Ghost. And we'll go there maybe later if we have time. But John chapter 14, Jesus talked a lot about the third person of the Trinity known as the Comforter. Amen? And let me just say this, folks. Aren't you glad? When God uh, left us, when Jesus Christ left us, He didn't leave us here to fend for ourselves. Amen? In fact, He said, it's expedient, it's necessary that I leave, for if I don't leave, I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, then you know what? You can't receive the Comforter. And Jesus thought, think about this, Jesus thought it was more important that we had the indwelling presence of the Holy Ghost than it was for Him to be here personally with us on this earth. You think about it. You think about how powerful that is. Amen? And now I'm going to tell you, that's why the devil is so good at getting us as Christians to ignore our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you something, you get a Christian who as the Bible commands us to in Ephesians chapter 5 gets filled with the Spirit, let me tell you something folks, ain't nothing can stop you, amen? Because you know why? That's that supernatural power God gives you to accomplish His work. But one of the things that the Holy Spirit will do is give us comfort. So we receive comfort from the Holy Ghost of God. Now, where's another source of comfort? Go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, and let me show you here another source of comfort that, that we as Christians can receive. Now remember something, okay? Why is God filling us up with comfort? So we can just, you know, walk around being, being a, a vessel full of comfort? Uh, well, yes and no. It's not just for our own personal benefit. He wants us to be filled up, so guess what? We can give out, amen? Romans chapter 15, verse 4, look at what the Bible says. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. Now, what are we talking about? The things written aforetime. You know what he's referring to? The Word of God. Amen? He's referring to uh, the things that, uh, by the way, written aforetime, what's he, he's referring to uh, the Old Testament, the law, okay? Uh, what was given. That Notice this, that we, through patience, notice this, and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. And that's powerful right there. Amen? Comfort of the Scriptures. Let me tell you why you need to have a relationship with your Bible, folks. Because God wants to do so many things in your life through His Word, but one of the things He wants to do is comfort you. Comfort you. By the way, that's why when I preach a funeral, and one of the things that's part of my funeral messages is reading passages of Scripture. Because there's something about the Word of God, particularly uh, the book of Psalms. I call Psalms the medicine cabinet for the soul. And uh, let me just encourage you, if you're going through a difficult time as a Christian, you're having some uh, some uh, some downs in your life, uh, may, may, maybe the devil's on you a little bit, hey, just get to the book of Psalms, amen? I'm going to tell you, God will use His Word to help and comfort you. So we'll receive comfort through the Holy Spirit, comfort through the Scripture. And then look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. Let's flip over there. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. And this is really where we're going with the message tonight, because notice here what uh, what we see 
We uh, well, let, 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 let's read a couple verses before that. Then we'll get to where we're going here. Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter one, and uh, let's let's uh, let's back it up to verse one. All right, and we'll read down through verse four. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are all or, which are in all Achaia. Grace be to you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able, notice this, to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You see that word comfort, comfort and comforted several times in those passages of Scripture. And here's what Paul is saying. He says, listen, our source of comfort is from God. Amen? But the reason God gives us that comfort then, so we, I love what he says, that we, uh, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. So God fills us up as a vessel, so guess what? We can give out. Amen? And that we can be a conduit of the comfort to others that through us. All right? So, those are the sources of comfort. Now, let's look at the application here. Amen? Let's see what it is that as Christians, God wants us to do with the comfort that He fills us up with. Amen? By the way, you know what, folks? We're living in a hurting world. Hurting world. It's everywhere you go. The lost world's hurting. And sad to say, yes, even a lot of Christians are hurting. By the way, you know what? There's difficult times in our lives where, where we hurt more than others. One of those times especially is the loss of a loved one. And uh, when, when we're going through a difficult time there, and let me just say this, folks. You know what? When, when somebody's going through that, they need a source of comfort. And, and we, I get that, okay, that God is that main source of comfort. But listen to me, folks. The way God set it up, we visibly can't see God. But you know what we can visibly see? One another. Amen? And by the way, guess what we are? The Bible says we're ambassadors. You know what an ambassador is? Representative. So God literally wants folks to see Him through us. Amen? God literally wants His comfort to flow to others through us. Once you start thinking of yourself as a Christian, once you think, start thinking of yourself as, I like using the word, a conduit. What's a conduit? A conduit is a container that, 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 that other things are transferred through. Maybe we'd call them pipes, all right, if you want to say that, all right? But listen, folks, literally we're a vessel through which God's love, His power, His comfort, and all the attributes of God that we as Christians get to partake in can then come through us to other people. And by the way, that's called being a Christian. That's called being Christ-like. Amen? And by the way, this stuff doesn't come natural. It doesn't come through the working of the flesh, I can just tell you that. Because let me tell you what the flesh wants to do. It doesn't want to be a pipe. It wants to be a container. All it wants to do is stop up. All it wants to do is me, 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 get, get, get. But God never saved us so just so we can get. He saved us so we can give. Amen? And so we then, as Christians, uh, can take what God gives us and in turn can help others. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We're just, we're just taking a cruise through the Scripture tonight, looking at a couple verses, a couple passages, just to show you here uh, what God expects from us to one another. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, look at verse 6. Nevertheless, God, that comforteth those that are cast down, comforted us, notice this, how did God do that? Look at this, by the coming of Titus. 
And not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you. When he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoiced the more. So here's what Paul was saying. Okay, Paul was saying that, you know what, there was a time when we were cast down. By the way, Paul was a human being just like we're human beings. Paul faced the things we face, amen, and and probably even more so because of the great things he suffered for the name of Christ. You know, I mean, Paul wasn't always on the top side of things. I mean, are you kidding me? Look at all that uh, he, he went through. and He spent a lot of his life in prison. I mean, how in the world? And so there was times when Paul was down. But notice here, he says, listen, I received comfort by the coming of Titus. So here was another Christian brother, by the way, fellow laborer, amen, who understood Paul, understood what Paul was going because he was busy in the work that Paul was doing. Amen? So I received comfort by the coming of Titus, but it wasn't just Titus's presence, it was the message Titus gave. And Titus was giving testimony about the church of Corinth and how they were spiritually growing. And let me just tell you, that helped Paul. That comforted Paul because of the presence of another fellow believer along with good tidings of good things that were going on. And folks, I get it. There's times in life where we need to share burdens. And there's times in life where, you know what, there's just certain things that may be more negative that, that, that need to be talked about. But don't make that the norm. I mean, come on, folks, listen, if we added them up, there's way more things to be thankful for than there is to gripe about. Amen? Why are we as human beings fascinated with the negative, but we ignore the positive? And I mean, that's just part of our stinking wicked flesh. Amen? But no, Titus here, because of his testimony, because of the report he brought, was a comfort to Paul in a time of need. It's been said, God does not comfort us to make us comfortable, but to make us comforters. Let's look at a couple more passages here. Let's go to Job. Back to Job here. Job chapter 16. Man, if you think about a guy who needed some comfort, it was brother Job. I mean, uh, God allowed Job to be an example with some of the stuff he went through. God allowed things to happen to Job that truth be told, I don't know uh, a whole lot of other people that he allowed those types of things to happen to. I mean, at least no other, uh, nobody else in the scripture at least. Maybe so there are some other folks in life, uh, but uh, not, not a lot that at least we can think about. But notice what it says here. Job chapter 16, of course, you know the story of Job. Job was going through the trials that God had put him through, lost all of his children, lost all of his, uh, uh, his possessions. His wife turned her back on him, and then he lost his health. And literally, he's sitting in an ash pile in such misery because of these boils that are covering his body, scraping himself with broken pottery. I've never been in a miserable state like that. Never. By the way, none of us have. Okay? So if Job was in need of comfort, you know what? Or or if Job needed comfort, uh, probably more than anyone else did. But look what it says here. Then Job answered and said, verse 2 of chapter 16, I have heard many such things. Listen to Miserable comforters are ye all. All right, so what happened here? Job had some friends, friends, <laughs> right, that came to Job. And I, I think at first maybe they meant right, but you know basically what they tried to do was just give Job their opinion about everything. And basically it came back to, no way this could have happened to you, Job, unless you did something to deserve it. 
I mean, that's basically what it's coming back to here. And, and, and Job, and, and, and the book of Job was a little bit hard to follow as this conversations go on because there's a lot of philo, you know, philosophical things that they were trying to say, okay? And by the way, instead of just trying to be honest and talk plain, they were to try to talk these big flowery, you know, stories and riddles and type of stuff. No wonder Job said, miserable comfort as ye are, amen? And all that to say, you know what, we gotta be careful. Uh, in trying to help somebody that we don't do it in a way that can hurt them and not help them. Let me just say this. One of the, one of the things that we got to be careful about is when someone is going through a difficult situation is saying this, I know what you're going through, if you don't know what they're going through. You know, if, if, if you, you're trying to talk with someone who's lost a child and you've never lost a child, you really shouldn't be saying that. Now, you could say something like this, you know what, I, I, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but you know what, I feel for you, I'm praying for you, uh, you know, I, I'm asking God to help you. That would be appropriate, okay? Because truth be told, you can overdo it as well, right? In trying to be a help, you actually can be a hindrance. And so you got to use wisdom on how you help people and try to comfort people. And by the way, folks, you know, sometimes you just need what's called the ministry of presence. You don't need to say anything, you just need to be there. I remember when um, I was sitting with Brother Dusty when he was uh, uh, in his last hours of life and last few days of life. And, and you know what? I'd go there and I'd sit with him and he'd sit in his wheelchair half in, half I couldn't lay down. He was in too much pain to lay down. He could only sit up uh, kind of half in, half out. And, uh, you know, uh, he'd ask for me sometime to read scripture. Sometimes he'd ask for me to, uh, uh, uh sing, uh, sing some hymns from the hymn book. Uh, but you know what? Other times I just didn't say anything. I just sat there with him. And you know what? He didn't want me to say anything. He just wanted to know I was there. And you know what, folks? Sometimes it just is a, a ministry of presence. And we got to just use wisdom on how it is we deal with people and help people. I mean, the Bible talks about there's a, there's a time to laugh, there's a time to mourn. And by the way, we ought to be appropriate in the things we say and how we say when people are going through hard times. Right? And uh, I think humor is appropriate in most situations, but not every situation. Okay, so just use wisdom, how you try to comfort. All right, let's look at another passage here, another famous passage of Scripture about comfort. Psalms 23. Psalms 23. You already know where I'm going with this one. This is one of my funeral uh, psalms. I always read at the funeral. Probably most preachers do. Psalms uh, uh, chapter 23. And for sake of time, I won't read through the whole passage tonight, uh, but uh, let's just look at that verse that uh, we're all thinking about there, verse 4. And notice what he says, Psalms 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, of course, the psalmist is David writing this passage here, and he's talking about something specific that brings him comfort. Now, obviously, the fact that God's with him brings him comfort, but that's not exactly what he's talking about that brings him comfort. He's mentioning this by rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, of course, David was a shepherd. He knew exactly what he was talking about uh, when he was talking about the rod and the staff. And if you uh, kind of study uh, a little bit of that ancient uh, uh, customs and, and culture, uh, we've all seen what's called a, a, a shepherd. We call it a shepherd's crook. 
All right, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, the, 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 the staff, the shepherd's staff, it's got that crook on the end of it. Well, when David said, thy rod and thy staff, he wasn't necessarily referring to two different uh, types of, uh, of things. They were referred to basically the same thing. And that shepherd used both of that staff that they had and that rod. The one end with the crook on it was the rod of correction. And if that sheep would get out of line, if that sheep was uh, uh, trying to get beyond where the shepherd was at, he'd take that crook and hook it around the sheep's leg and pull it back. It was the rod of correction. It was it was to rein the sheep in. But that other uh, end of that staff, more of the straight part of it, was the staff of protection. And, and again, based upon what we know about biblical shepherds here, and David knew exactly what he was referring to there, he was saying this, think about this, the rod of correction and the staff of protection comfort me. Let me just say this, folks. There's comfort in knowing that God protects us and that God will correct us. There's comfort in that. By the way, you know what? Uh, uh, young people, and I think you have a heart for this, but uh, you know the, the happy young people, the, the, the content young people are the ones who know what the boundaries are and are thankful that they have parents who keep them in the boundaries. Because let me tell you what boundaries prove, folks. Love. That's what boundaries prove. Amen? I've talked to people before, and, and, I, and I, I remember talking to one particular young man, and, and here's what he said. He says, you know, I, I, I grew up, and, and my parents let me do anything I want. I could go anywhere, do anything. Uh, you know, no rules, no curfew, no nothing. And he says, you know what? I wish they would have had some kind of rules to help keep me from making the bad choices I make. And here you got someone who, you know, freedom, freedom, do what I want, do what I want. But when it came down to it, you know what? That wasn't really what they wanted. They wanted someone to show them boundaries. Because let me tell you what boundaries uh, prove. You know what they prove? There's comfort in knowing where the line's at and not crossing the line. Amen? And so that rod there that David talks about that brought him comfort was the rod of correction and the staff of protection. Let's look at a couple more places and we'll close it out tonight. Go to Psalms 119. Psalms 119. Of course, you know what Psalms 119 is. Psalms 119 is the number one, the longest chapter in the Bible, amen. But it's also the chapter where the theme is the Word of God. Psalms 119, look with me, if you will, at verse 50. Psalms 119, verse 50. Here's what the Bible says in Psalms 119, verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction. Notice here, for thy word hath quickened me. Amen. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. That word quickened means made alive, amen? And you know what, again, you know what we see a source of comfort is the source of God and His word. And that's why, again, as Christians, you gotta, you gotta put it in, amen? If you're gonna give out, you better make sure you're filled up. And because you wanna be filled up with the right thing, uh, so you can give out the right thing, amen? And by the way, you know what? Opinions don't comfort. Okay? philosophies don't comfort. You know what comforts? God's Word comforts. Amen? And truth from the Word of God. Alright, Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. Let's flip over there real quick. Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. Again, just uh, joy in taking a 
journey through the Scripture and look at what God has to say about these things. Amen? And uh, by the way, I've uh, been talking about this, and uh, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it right now. I'm going to say it why, uh, why I'm being recorded, and so that that way uh, I'll, I'll be held to what I say, and I won't forget about it. Uh, but uh, very soon, young men, I'm going to be uh, meeting with you. We're going to be uh, going over some things, teaching you and showing you some things about preaching, and uh, so that you can uh, then uh, help you uh, work on uh, making a sermon up so you can preach. Amen? And I want you to be able to do that. Those of you that are called to preach, even if you're not called to preach and you still would like to do it, uh, that would be fine. And uh, But the reason I said that is because one of the ways you preach, one of the ways that you can, um, uh, uh, through the Word of God, is what's called topical, a topical study, where you take a topic, just like we're doing tonight, and you chase it through the Scripture and you look at it, see what the Bible has to say about that from, from different verses. And by the way, let me tell you what you find out when you chase something through the Bible. The Bible never contradicts itself. It always completes itself. Amen? Amen. And that's why the Bible says to study to show thyself to prove unto God. God set the Word of God out in such a way uh, to where, you know what, not everything about one subject is all in one place. You say, well, why, why did God not do that? I'll tell you why. Because God knew that we're lazy. Amen? And He didn't want us to be lazy when it comes to His Word. He wants to be, what's the Bible say? A workman that needeth Amen. not to be ashamed. You know what it takes to study the Bible? Work. Amen? It takes work. And God wants for us to work when it comes to studying His Word, especially those of us who have the responsibility of teaching it and preaching it to others. And so we see that here. That was a little rabbit trail. Amen? All right? From time to time, we'll chase one. Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. Let's go there. Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. Notice what we see here. The Bible says that their hearts might be what? Comforted. Being knit together in love unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I want to tell you something, folks. There is, there is some deep spiritual truth in those, those few verses right there. But truth be told, what is he saying? He's saying that, you know what? You, as a Christian, can be, uh, can be comforted. How? Notice what it says. Being knit together in love. Amen? And by the way, what kind of love uh, should we be knit together with? I'll tell you who ought to be knit together with. And that, as a Christian, understanding the fact that God loves us unlike any other. I don't know if you caught up and caught it or not. He said it several times when he was preaching here on Sunday. Uh, but um, uh, Brother Hayes, man, and he said it several times uh, when we were when we spent some time with him. He says, "You know what?" He just says, "I can't get over the fact that God loves me and that I love Him." He said that over and over. He loves me. He loves me, and I love Him. Yeah. By the way, that ought to be the motivating factor. Amen. That God loves us. By the way, He first loved us. And man, I'm going to tell you something. When you have that love of the Father being knit together in love unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, I'm going to tell you something, folks. There is not just, uh, just comfort in that. There is confidence. There is security in that. Knowing that God the Father loves you. I love that phrase, knit together, amen, in love. Man, that's a, that's a powerful, that's a powerful statement there. And again, folks, the devil doesn't want you to know that God loves you. He wants you to think that you've sinned away the love of God. Let me just say this, folks, you can't send away God's love. God may have to whoop the fire out of you from time to time, but in doing that, you know what all that's really saying? I love you. You're my son, you're my daughter, and I love you enough to not let you keep doing that over and over again, amen? 
Man, powerful. No wonder there's comfort in that, knowing that God the Father loves us that way. And then one more passage, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We'll close it back out here. We start in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's look at a couple verses here. And we see here um, in um, verse uh, verse 10, let's look at that. Who died for us, of course, talking about our Savior, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Man, I love that. It doesn't matter whether you're alive or you, you are passed away, we should live together with Him. So that means this, He will never leave us nor forsake us. He's with you in life, He's with you in death. Amen? And by the way, folks, when, you, when it comes to that time uh, for us to, to cross over, amen, for us to pass from this life to the next life, God's been with you your whole life. What makes you think He's going to desert you then? What we just read, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Amen? God's grace has you. Right? You say, well, I don't feel like I have the grace to face that. You don't have it now because you're not facing it yet. But I'll just say this, when it's time to face that, the grace of God will be there to get you through. Amen? Man, what a powerful thing. Now notice here, here's where we're going, verse 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Again, yourselves together. Comfort yourselves together. By the way, as the church of Jesus Christ, we help one another. Amen? We gain strength off one another. We gain comfort off one another. Why? Because of the great thing we have in common. Amen? The great common denominator we all have. Different personalities? You better believe it. Different stages of, of, of spiritual growth? Absolutely. But the one thing we all have in common is the thing that saved us. Amen? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. No wonder we can get together and show each other comfort. And then look one more place here in First Thessalonians chapter 5. Look at verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren. Alright, here we go. Warn them that are unruly. Alright, that's a good thing to do. Amen? All right. By the way, if if someone's in a uh, heading down a uh, if someone's driving down a road and down that road there's a bridge out and you know the bridge is out and they're barreling down that road, what kind of person would you be if you didn't try to warn them about that bridge being out? Right. So you know what? As Christians, it's our responsibility to help those that are heading down the wrong direction. Right. And we need to be humble enough that if someone in love comes to us and tries to help us, all right, most Christians can't handle that. By the way. Most Christians are too full of pride, too full of themselves. How dare you say anything to me about anything? Wicked, ungodly, carnal attitude. Wicked and ungodly. Because that's what the Bible says. Amen? Alright? That we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Here we go. Comfort the feeble-minded. Now that word feeble-minded, alright, let me tell you what it means. It means little-spirited or faint-hearted. Is what it means. It's talking about someone who may be going through a tough spiritual time, or maybe someone who is not strong in spirit or not spiritually mature. By the way, folks, those are Christians like that, right? I mean, come on, folks, we're all on a journey, and sometimes on our journey we fall back a little bit, and we've all been there, all right? So what are we to do? We are to warn them that are unruly. We are to comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be, here it is, patient toward all men. Patient toward all men. By the way, aren't you glad God's patient with you? Aren't you glad every time you don't step out of line, God don't fire the lightning bolts and, and buzz you into eternity? That's not the way He treats us. Why are we treating other people that way? Amen? So everything this verse talks about, okay, 
warning them that are unruly, comforting the feeble-minded, supporting the weak. All of that is done through patience. Amen? Through patience. But one of the things we're to do is to comfort the feeble-minded. Be there to help. Be there to strengthen. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. If you'll just allow yourself, going back to that phrase I used earlier, to be a conduit through which God can flow through and help other people, you'd be surprised what God can use you to do. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, they're out there, folks. They're out there. Amen? You don't think they're out there once you just show up here on a Wednesday night. And what's going on here on a Wednesday night? You'll find plenty of people that need help, need comfort, need, need someone to be a blessing to and a help to. Amen? So I'll tell you what, folks. Let, let, let's take this to heart. And through the help of the Holy Spirit of God, let's comfort one another. Let's pray. Lord, we love you.